Wealth Within offers a range of investment and educational services to help you secure your financial future. Whether you're an aspiring trader or simply want to increase the strength of your portfolio, Wealth Within are dedicated to maximising your investment returns. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst at Wealth Within. Um, I'd like to continue our series on um, the share market basics. I believe this is part three. Uh, and we talked about the history of the share market and obviously the All Ordinaries Index and what constitutes a blue chip share. So I'd just like to take some of these concepts or, or um, terminology uh, a little bit further today. So I'm going to discuss a few different things. I mean, last week we discussed what the All Ordinaries was and how it's made up and obviously the ASX 200. There's a few different things. I mean, obviously, as an overview of the market, we talked about the, the history of the Australian Stock Exchange and how it provides the stock uh, the stock market so for the buying and selling of shares reporting and 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 obviously the regulation or or making sure the brokers are doing their their proper job but there's another government body that's involved in the uh, the australian stock exchange and that is asic or the australian securities and investment commission and that's actually a government body responsible for regulating companies now Obviously, ASIC, um, it, well, there's a Corporation Act that uh, the Australian Federal Parliament obviously um, has, the Australian Corporations Act, uh, and so therefore ASIC is, is there to help, uh, obviously, for um, regular, obviously registering company names and, and all the things like for, uh, for product disclosure statements that have to go out for managed funds. ASIC will check all of those and make sure they're compliant with the Corporations Act and all the things that they need to be able to do. So so they're responsible for regulating the companies, um, all companies, not just listed ones on the Australian Stock Exchange. So any company that's a proprietary limited company that um, could be a local supplier of goods and services, um, ASIC does regulate that to making sure that they are doing things in the proper manner that they're supposed to be. But um, you know, they, they look about the issue and sale of shares and trust units and company borrowings and investment, uh, they understand with investment advisors, so financial planners, um, financial planning dealer groups, um, all of those sorts of things in accordance with that Corporation Act. So uh, Wealth Within has a Australian um, financial services license, which is it's which we had to apply to ASIC to get, and that allows us to be licensed to be able to give advice on the things that we do, run uh, um, investment schemes and those sorts of things. And the thing is, that's where uh, ASIC is a really, really good place. Obviously, there's some great stuff uh, you on the ASIC website. Uh, people listening to these podcasts have heard me talk about the ASIC uh, consumer website called FIDO. So if you go to asic.gov.au, you'll see this picture of this dog up, well, cartoony picture of a dog um, on the website. I think it's on the top right-hand side of the website. It says FIDO. Click on that. That's the consumer things. And, and you can go and type in business names and check their registration, which I should suggest you do quite regularly with who you're dealing with. But let's move on to some of the other terminology. Uh, a great place, as I said, great place to go, ASIC. But let's talk about some of the other terminology. But so let's look at things like well, we talked about bear markets. Oh, sorry, we haven't talked about bear markets. We need to talk about those. But uh, let's talk a little bit about brokerage. Obviously, when you buy and sell something uh, through uh, an intermediary, and in this case, brokers are licensed um, through the ASX. So you have part- what they call participating brokers. And so there's these big broking houses that have a license. They have ASIC licenses to give advice on, on securities, and securities is a term for shares. So you've got securities or stocks 
uh, that, are, that are sometimes called and brokers are are licensed to do deal in securities and advise in those and so they're what they call members of the Australian Stock Exchange and that allows them to place trades onto the Stock Exchange now Stock Exchange in, in, re, in, in real simple terms is just an auction um, it's an auction that's going on every second or every day so and and in in a similar concept to what the property market is except you know with the property market the people actually show up to the property and bid for it live that way share markets just uh, the same sort of thing where there's an asset in the middle which in this case is a share or a, or a stock or a security uh, or you know, a, a share in a company where people are bidding for the price to buy or sell those shares um, and but it's all happening online where you don't need to attend uh, but the brokers are there uh, whereas in a property, there you've got your real estate agents working on your behalf if you're the seller, and obviously they're trying to get buyers to buy that property. So they're making it all sound nice. So when they do their open houses, you know they might have coffee in the background and nice cook, uh, baked, freshly baked cookies or muffins on the table, and making sure you're presenting your house in the best light. Um, and their job is to get the best price for you if you're using them to sell your house. Same sort of story uh, in the share market. The brokers are there to create a story to create a market to help people buy and sell shares. And, and the, the share is, is, as I said, is just an asset just like a house is. It just doesn't cost you $500,000. It might only cost you $5 or $50 or $100, you know, whatever the price of the share is. But the brokers are there to affect the transactions for you. So with brokers, you, you obviously you need to pay them the fee with you know, the... Um, real estate agents, they have their fee for selling the property. Brokers have their fee for affecting the transactions for you. Now, there are three types of brokers that you can, uh, in, in essentially in Australia, that we have. There's full-service brokers, which are people that you can pick up the phone to, um, talk to them. They'll do a, a fact-find um, on yourself about what your goals are, what you want to do, your risk profiles, etc. And then they can start helping you and constructing your portfolio and advising you on that portfolio of what you need in there and managing that portfolio with you on your behalf. Obviously, you make all the decisions, but their job is to give you the information and allow you and enough and advice to help you make those decisions. And that's a full-service broker. And generally, the cost of using a full-service broker is, is more than using um, uh, the other types of brokers because they're giving you a much bigger service or better service. Then you have discount brokers, which are, are simply... And why are they discount brokers? Because they're cheap. And they're cheap because they're transactional only. So therefore, if you ring them up, all you need to do is say, I've got B I want to sell my BHP or I want to buy BHP and this is how much I want to buy or sell. And that's all they do. You can't ask them questions about BSP, BHP. They won't help you with your portfolio construction. All they do is an instruction to buy and sell. It's as simple as they get. And generally, they're a lot cheaper than a full-service broker or a reasonable amount cheaper than a full-service broker. And then obviously, uh, as a lot of people are doing right now, is online brokering, you know, like Comsec or E-Trade or, uh, and, and lots of other platforms out there, which is just online. You get online at home or at work, buy and sell shares. And that's another form of discount brokerage because you can't get advice. Uh, generally, if you ring up and ask for advice, it starts costing you money because they're giving you research. So full-service brokers will give you lots of research, and you can get some of that off the websites of those um, online brokers. They'll have research or reports and things like that on there to, to help you. But essentially, a broker's job is just to affect the transaction. So buying or selling an asset for you. Um, on those broking websites, you 
you can put your portfolios in and have it you know tell you what your portfolio is worth and you get all your transactions and your dividends and etc going through and, and you can check on that on those broker platforms because you log in with the username and password um, but that's essentially the three different types of brokerage so with our market what you got to look at is is what type of um, broker is more uh, conducive to what you want to do i know people with self-managed super funds often i would suggest they would use a full service broker yes it will cost them a little bit more but they're getting a lot more expertise in how to manage their portfolio whereas people who are more familiar with trading and educated in trading they'll just use an online broker um, and that's really uh, it's more about what it's not to me picking a broker is not about how much they charge you, it's about the service that you want um, and that the service that you actually need often i find people will go for the cheapest um one and and as time goes by that it's not giving them what they need and and quite often will actually cost them more money because they're not getting it the the information or the services they actually need so have a look at more what you need and then go and find the broker that will suit all of that and there's some lots of great brokers out there um in australia for for everybody to, to work with so let's talk about a couple of other things we talk about with the share market and I still want to stay and maintain sort of a, a still a higher level at the moment rather than going to details about a few different things. But uh, we talk about the share market and, and the, the history of the Australian share market. Everybody's read or heard that, you know, the Australian share market, you know, generally rises 12 to 15% over any 10 year period. But one of the components of the share market and what I like to do with, uh, with the share market is the compounding effect of the share market and to me compounding is uh, to, to, to explain compounding is the process by which income is earned um, and that income on income that was previously earned so you're earning income on income or you're earning growth on growth uh, because you, you're reinvesting all the time so these include you know um, uh, so what you, so what you're doing is the end value of the investment includes both the original amount invested and all the reinvested income or growth so, for example, if I buy a share um, with um, $10,000 and I make 10%, I've just made $1,000 and I sell that share with that $1,000 profit in six months' time. And then I take that $11,000 now and put $11,000 into another share and I earn 10%. Now I'm earning 10% on $11,000, not $10,000. And if I add my dividends that I might have collected in the time and keep adding that, what we're doing is we're compounding our returns and this is why i trade a lot more rather than buy and hold because you can't compound in buy and hold you buy and hold for 10 years and you get whatever the result is of that share plus your dividends Uh, some people do with their buy and hold do dividend reinvesting where they keep get their dividends buying more shares so dividend reinvesting is not all companies will actually do that so with the company I'll, i'll explain dividends probably a little bit easier in the in the term of when when a company company is designed to make profits and so when the companies get a profit then they can share some of that profit with the shareholders now they're not going to share all of it because obviously they need working capital they also need capital to expand and grow and do things like that but their parts of their capital or their profit that they make they distribute back to the shareholders and if you own shares in a company then you're entitled to some of those dividends so those dividends are then used to actually buy more shares within that company so they do that not as i said not all companies allow you to dividend reinvest or keep adding your that income into buying more shares but some of them do so that may be something if you're retired or running a self-managed super fund that you want to compound that way that's fine why i trade is because i can buy and sell a share 
uh, might, or buy and make some profit on a share, then sell it and then compound it into buying another share rather than buying and holding. And that compounding effect works much better over a 10-year period than buy and hold. Buy and hold still works, don't get me wrong. It still does work, and especially if you're a nice balanced type of portfolio. I just prefer to compound not only my dividends, but also compound my capital gains too. And your portfolio grows larger and larger and larger and larger. Anyway, I'll leave this podcast at this point. Uh, I don't want to make them too long. Um, but uh, next week, no, in the next podcast, we'll talk a little bit more. And, and as I said, as we go along, I'll start getting a little bit more down into some more of the details uh, rather than the bigger picture stuff here. Um, hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. You've been listening to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Take care. Talking Wealth was brought to you by Wealth Within. To learn how you too can maximise your investment returns, call 1300 Share Trade.